We now begin the 21st Perak of Masech Shabbos. This is Perak Chaf Aleph, Mishnah Aleph. And the whole chapter will be discussing the halachas of Tiltul Min Hatzad, that is, the moving of Muktza indirectly. So, as we said in the previous Mishnah already, there are two basic ways by which one can move Muktza, either um, with in an unusual way, with a Shinui, a Mishnah, unusual way of doing it, that is called Kala'achar Yad, in a backhanded way, literally. And you could do it indirectly by moving a permitted object, and then which then causes the muktza object to move as well, and that's called tiltul min hatzad, which literally means movement from the side, but it means indirect movement. So in general, one is permitted to do tiltul min hatzad on muktza, provided that the reason one is doing that is for some permitted use or object, um, like you need the space where it's sitting or something like that. Meaning, if your motivation were to save the object, you know, your credit card fell on the ground, you don't want it not to get stolen, um, or, you know, something that's sitting in the sun will get warped, so then it would be forbidden to move it, um, even indirectly, because you're doing that movement for the sake of the muktza item. Okay, so that's what we're talking about over here, permitted and forbidden ways of doing this indirect movement, and the first case in the Mishnah is, literally, a person can move or carry his child while the child is holding a rock in his hand. So here you have a basic setup for Tiltum and The rock is Muktza. It's Muktza Machmas Gufo. Intrinsically Muktza because it's useless on Shabbos. Not a Kli and not food. And by picking up the child, indirectly you're moving the rock. Now normally that actually would be forbidden because carrying a person who's carrying Muktza is actually as good as moving the Muktza itself. Uh, you can't do it that way normally. But this Mishnah is setting up a particular leniency, which is if you have a child and the child is in distress, so that means either it's, it's he's very upset, um, maybe he's going to be almost get worked up and hysterical or sick or whatever, panicked, um, if the parent doesn't uh, pick him up, so then the child can be picked up by the parent, even though the child is carrying something mucked in his hand. Um, there's no need even to kind of get the kid to drop the rock first. No, we're lenient in the case of a child in distress um, that could, you know, something good, you know, to alleviate that stress or sickness, whatever it is, uh, we are permitting the child to be moved, even with the muktz in his hand. Lalacha, and the Barthana brings us already, uh, that that is only applicable if the item in the child's hand is essentially worthless. If there's something of value in the child's hand, like he's holding some money, um, then we, and the money's muktza, so then we are not lenient because we're concerned the person will pick up the money if it falls on the ground to move the muktza directly. So we don't let that, then we force the child to Drop the money first. Okay? In all these cases, we're talking about a scenario, by the way, where it's permitted to carry, of course. We're not talking about a Rishas or Rab or something, um, where you'd be carrying the rock. Okay, that's the first case. Similarly, the Kalkala va Evan Besocha. If you have a basket and inside the basket um, there's food, uh, let's say, you know, it's uh, whatever, it's, you got a, some flour, and inside the flour you've also got a uh, rock. So the flour is not mukta, it's food. Of course, um, the rock is muktzah, and it's in the basket. We're saying here you could move that. Now, um, that needs a bit of an explanation, because the truth is, if you could get rid of the muktzah, then we would require you to shake it out first. Near to shake off the rock would be required, rather than moving it even direct, indirectly through the basket. So if the basket were filled with, um, you know, a few apples, and you see there's also like a, a rock in the basket, and you could just kind of dump it out on the kitchen table, and then let the 
rock, you know, fall away out of the mask and then put the apples back in, you would be required to do that. But in a scenario where um, you, it's not practicable because maybe you're going to make the, you know, you're going to ruin the, in my case, the flour, sprinkle flour on the floor, you won't get it back in the container, it'll make a big mess, it'll get ruined, etc. Then you're allowed to move the container with the flour in it, even though there's a, there's a rock inside. Now, uh, this clause of the mission really implicates the halachas of abasis ladavar aser. Um, abasis, which is a... Um, something which is a, a base, uh, 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 the support of something else. So if you have anything like a tray, let's say, or a basket, etc., anything, a table, and that that's called the basis, the base, because upon it is sitting something muktzah. So that is to say, you have your table and your sukkah, and on the table you have your Shabbos candles. So now, when you want to empty out the table so you can sleep in your sukkah, can't do it, because the Shabbos candles, which are muktzah, I'm assuming it's Shabbos on Sukkot. Um, they make not just, they're not just their mukta, but even the thing that's holding them, the table is also, the basis is the base for the mukta, and therefore moving the tail will be forbidden. That's true. Um, even if hypothetically uh, the uh, the cleaning lady came and took the candles off, not knowing that that's not okay, and she did it, now you've just got an empty table with no candles on it, um, it's still not so, it's, it's the table remains mukta. Um, because as a bus is going into Shabbos, as the base for Muktzah, it, it remains forbidden to be moved. There's Muktzah throughout. So um, some actually categories a bus is a base of Muktzah to be a separate category of Muktzah all to itself. I don't like that really, as I've said elsewhere. Um, I think it's just subordinate to the Muktzah. But be that as it may, um, it, the bus is Muktzah. Now, if it's a base for something which is both permitted and forbidden, so on the table you had both your Shabbos candles and you also had your Chala or you had your um, your nice chasen watch there, your Rolex watch sitting on the table. So then, since the chala or the watch is um, considered to be more important than the Shabbos candles, so then now the table is a platform, a support, a basis for both a aser, muktza, candlesticks, and a mutter to be moved chala. It's more important than candlesticks because on Shabbos the chala is the chala. That's the halacha. It's, you know, you need it for food and eating the suda, etc., and that's for the mitzvah. Um, or the watch, let's say, is more valuable than the candlesticks. So then, since it's a platform, a base for both um, a forbidden and a permitted item, so we say that the permitted is the more important um, and confers onto the, the platform or the base, the table, and the status of being able to be moved. So you can move it also. And that's the case of our mission here. You've got food and you've got a rock inside the basket. So the basket if you put the rock inside before Shabbos, that was intentional, certainly, and that would make the basket into a basis. But if both you have rock and you have food, so it's a base for two things, we'll say it's a base um, the, the, for the more important thing is the food, and therefore you can move the food um, in the basket because the basket's not considered a base to the subordinate to the rock, but rather to the food. So it all can be moved. If that wouldn't be the case for some reason, um, then it wouldn't be the case, and you may not be able to move it. So... Yeah, if you had your $100 bill sitting in the in the tray, and you also had an apple on the tray, whatever it is, ignoring the issues of near, you couldn't move the tray because the apple is certainly less important than the $100 bill, which is muktzah. Okay? The next case is kind of similar. You have, instead of a rock, you have truma tamea. Truma tamea is truma, the gift that goes to the Kohen. It's all the same whether it's truma or gadola or truma's meiser or chala. It's all the same. Um, if it becomes tame, it cannot be eaten. 
by anybody, by Kohen and non Kohen alike, and therefore it's inedible, so it becomes Mukta. So our mission says here, If you have, let's say, a basket, and it has some of the food is truma, tamea, and therefore it's tamea, truma, it can't be eaten by anybody, so it's mukta, and other, there's other truma that's tahora, it's permitted to be eaten truma, then it could be moved, like the previous case, and same goes with imah if you have regular food, you know, not truma food, just regular food that people could eat, and also in the same container as the regular food, you have some truma, tamea, truma, tamea is mukta, but like the previous case, the mission, you could move the container um, with the truma, tamea in it, because you're moving it indirectly, and you're moving it for the sake of the permitted food. And like I said in the previous case, if you could shake it out to get the truma tamea out, then you would have to do that instead. Okay, as an important side point, truma tahora, if it's tahor truma, you could move it. Um, and that's true even if you're not a Kohen. Since it is food for a Kohen, even the non-Kohen could move it. It's considered food for the... It's food in general and not considered mukta. Fine. And the last case of the mission here is talking about something a little different. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, af malin esam meduma be'echarumea. Rabbi Yehuda says you can even remove... The you can the truma component, so to speak, of the meduma mixture. Um, if it's a hundred one times compo- composite, one hundred times of chulin against one part truma. Now, what's the backstory here? If you don't know about meduma, um, let me actually say this very briefly twice. First of all, if you if you know what meduma is, Rebuta's point is um, one of it's not a problem of tikkun. That is to say, you know what? Let me I I did that badly. Let me say. So meduma is a mixture of truma and chulin together. Normally, when you have a mixture, so the rules of bittel, where the forbidden object or item gets lost, loses identity to the majority, um, requires either a simple majority, um, or if you have tastes getting mixed together, like when you cook food, then you need 60 times of the permitted against a forbidden substance to make it disappear and lose its status and become bittel. In the case of truma, uh, the rabbis raise the standard and they said that if you even have, when you have min bamino, you have the truma getting mixed with chulin of the same type. So then even 60 times won't do. You'll need to have 100 times of the permitted food against one time, one unit of, of the forbidden truma. So if you have less than that, meaning if you have, you know, 99 units, 99 grapes that are not truma and one grape that is truma mixed up together, the whole mixture becomes forbidden and is called Meduma, meduma mixture. Now, once you pass the threshold of 100 to 1, so you've got 100 grapes of chulin and one of truma, so now you could eat the mixture uh, because we say that at that point the truma is butta, loses identity. But the rabbis were concerned for the like the economic well-being of the kohanim, and therefore we don't want any kohan to be cheated by magically having a lot of meduma getting um, created and the truma disappearing inside of it. And therefore, the rabbi said, even if you're going to have your meduma mixture annul the status of the truma that's mixed into it, because you have 100 times of chulin against the truma, still you have to separate the truma component, or something which we'll call the truma component, and give that to a kohen. So in the case I gave you before, you have 101 grapes, one of them was truma, 100 of them were chulin, so now the truma grape is lost. And the whole all 101 grapes are permitted to be eaten. However, you need to still take one grape out, and give it to a Kohen and treat it as if it were truma, midirabana, um, so the Kohen doesn't lose out. The point of Rebihuda is, since really, even before you take out the one grape of the mixture I said, so none of it's forbidden, um, it's just you have an obligation to give it to the Kohen, you can eat from the side, so to take that grape out is not considered to be something that resembles metakin, like repairing or fixing something, 
which in general is forbidden. Now, just so you should know, I should have said this in the beginning, but I got my presentation wasn't great as I got into this section of the Mishnah. If you have a mixture, a regular food that has the truma inside of it that has to be removed, um, whether it's truma or even demai, whatever that is, if you don't know, it doesn't matter. So the, you may not do that on Shabbos. You can't take the truma and take the tithes out that must be taken on Shabbos. Um, taken out of the food, you may not take that out on Shabbos um, because you're sort of making the food edible, which resembles tikkun, matakin, repairing it, um, which is kind of like maklapatish, a forbidden act on Shabbos. So while it's forbidden to take tithes, like taking truma out of a regular mixture, um, Rabbi Yehuda is saying you could take this, the pretend, quote-unquote, pretend truma, you're treating as truma, out of the maduma mixture because you're not really fixing it in the first place. It was edible from before. And therefore, Rabbi Yehuda says, you may take the maduma out so that you have a mixture of and the of the would be truma in there, and there's no problem of, of tithing it, or whatever I should say, no problem of whatever you call that, taking out the piece of the Kohen. Halacha, however, is not like Rabbi Yehuda. Halacha says the Bartanura based on the Rambam is that on Shabbos you may not take um, the would be truma piece out of a Maduma mixture. That's a side point, and um, again, not, Halacha is not like Rabbi Yehuda.